This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N, dot com. Have you ever scrambled with thoughts on how you were going to entertain your guest at your big event or a big event that you were hosting? Why not treat your amazing guest with live music? Allow me to personally recommend to you a saxophonist that's guaranteed to bring his best every time he performs. Verl Tolbert is his name. His bilanguage, his enthusiasm, his smile will tell you his story. Verl played at my wedding and he was also a guest on this podcast Episode number four. A natural entertainer and talented musician, Verl T, the perfect choice for all events and special occasions. Playing smooth jazz, R&B, neo-soul, blues, pop, and gospel music are his passion. Saxophonist Verl Tolbert is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been playing saxophone for over 15 years. Verl T plays alto, soprano saxophone, electric wind instrument, also known as the iwi, with a heavy dose of soul. Allow Verl T to help make your event something super special. For booking information, navigate to verlt.com. That's Verl spelled V-E-A-R-L, the letter T dot com. You are listening to the Finding Moments podcast. This is episode number 17 with Craig and Bailey Staley. The Staley's let you in on their personal life. What breakdown did they have to go through before their breakthrough? What their children mean to them? How their journey through life together has continued to make them even stronger? This episode is one of heartache and joy. The Staley's enthusiasm for life is amazing. I'd like to acknowledge my wife, Margie, for making this podcast extra special. And to the Staley's for taking the time and having the courage to come onto this podcast to share their story to you. Hi everyone, my name is Wong Lam, and I'm super honored to be your host of Defining Moments Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Each podcast, I bring on a family member, a colleague, a friend, a guest that has submitted their defining moment and has agreed to come onto the podcast to share it. A defining moment is a moment that either you define or you let the moment define you. We go through many of them in life. Perhaps your moment was a struggle that led you to your moment of greatness or led you to contribute to society the way that you do. Um Malik once said, Finding your soul begins by discovering our ability to listen. Alternatively, by sharing a smile, a laugh, and just by being human to everyone from friends, colleagues, family, and especially strangers, including those who are not from that same station as you. 
How do the Staley's share? What was it like going through not one, but two miscarriages? How did you recover as a team? What's the path forward for the Staley's? The Staley's are a beautiful couple that reside here in this great state of Oklahoma. Mr. and Mrs. Craig Staley, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Oh, great, man. How are you guys? Man, we're doing good. Yeah. So, Craig, you brought your wife. You want to introduce her? Yeah. So, uh, this is my wife, Bailey Staley. Um, it's got a little ring to it, obviously, but um, man, it just fits her personality so well. So, I think she can tell the story of all that. But uh, yeah, that's her. Hi, guys. <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Craig, a few, you've been to Chesapeake for at least 10 years, at yeah, least. Yeah, so I started um, January of 2006, was, okay. so 12 years, right. um, going into 13. Um, sometimes it feels like I've been there 13 weeks, sometimes it feels like I've been there for 35 years. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was at least 10, because I'm going to my 13th yeah. year, too. I started in April of 2006, April 1st. And I remember seeing you walking from building nine to building seven all the time. And you had this mustache looking thing. <laughs> That's pretty legit. You the know? glory days. <laughs> yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and then recently I caught up with you as we were working out and we would talk just you know, yeah. shooting a breeze. It wasn't until maybe a few months ago when you presented internal training on financial stuff. We won't get into it. However, I was really intrigued on how you communicated your presentation to 30 people after lunch right uh, yeah yeah thanks um yeah so i've been given that talk for for a while and you probably got the benefit of having a uh, much more polished version yeah um but yeah so so i work in investor relations and a lot of my job is just talking to people yeah um and i think the other thing that's really interesting is you know through the years i've just always kind of been interested in how the market works and i have to digest things for a while and be able to relate it to someone I think is a true measure of how well you understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback and thanks for your feedback on those talks. And it just really helps people understand what the company's up against and, and kind of how they can help. And so, um, at the end of the day, that's my whole goal is that if I can get one person, two people in the audience, just a little bit more intrigued about what's going on. Uh, it's a, it's a victory for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So as a presenter, when you're up there talking, do you notice people's body language, the nonverbal side, right? Yeah. So that's probably one thing. You know, it's funny. I came into investor relations from planning and, it, you know, we do goals at the end of every year. And the last goals I had when I was in planning were that I wanted to become a better public speaker. Right. So it's kind of funny that then I go into IR and that's essentially all I do now yeah. is public speaking. Yeah. Not that I'm any good at it, but yeah, I think the thing I picked up on the most, especially not in presentations, but speaking with investors is mm. body language. Yeah. And so I've noticed how I try to shift my message and tone and my body language when mm. their body language is, is not maybe as interested or welcoming. So right. yeah, you definitely pick up on a lot of things. Yeah. And then it also, you know, I can tell when people are interested, so then I can add a little more fuel to the fire yeah. and, and kind of help them understand, you know, because you can see the writing on the wall. People have questions and you know they want to ask, but they're kind of scared of, oh, my boss is mm -hmm. in the audience and right. I don't want to sound like 
the guy that doesn't know or the gal that doesn't know what I'm supposed to be talking about. So I'll right. kind of help tease out those questions or maybe I'll just go ahead and, and go down that path. So yeah, I think that's the one thing I've probably picked up on the most the past year in being an IR mm-hmm. is just the whole nonverbal communication. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are really good at it, right? So oh, have you uh, had any Toastmasters experience? No, or? no Toastmasters. Good question. Um, you know, I probably should because I've I think that's part of who I am and, and Bailey can talk about this too, but I'm, I'm just trying to get better every day. So a lot of the mm-hmm. reason why I'm here today is, is not only to tell our story, but right. just get better at communicating our story and, and really just get better communicating in general. So I probably should sign up for it, but I never really had the time, which is a poor excuse. I just didn't make it a priority. Yeah. So now I've made it a priority to try to get better at it, but no, no, no formal training. And it's funny, I, I'm pretty involved in the college where I, I graduated from and kids always ask me when they come up and, oh, what's the one thing that, that I should be doing? Now, these are all engineering students yeah. at, a, at a predominantly engineering college. And I'm like, man, sign up for technical writing mm-hmm. and speech. Yeah. I, I don't care anymore about, you know, matrix algebra and calc three and this you need to learn how to communicate at the end of the day, or you're, yeah. it doesn't matter how good your idea is, you, you can't do anything with it. So yeah. I try to emphasize kind of the non-traditional things that I think have helped me get to where I am. And mm-hmm. that's being able to talk to people, you know, I'm probably not good at the writing part, but at least I can relate to people in a, a right. verbal setting. Well, that's super important is relating to people because we're all humans. And then also when you're presenting, it's with intention and with clarity Yeah. and your persuasion, right? Yeah. I mean, especially, like I said, after lunch, one o'clock presentation, (laughs) you kept everyone intrigued and we talked about that. I think, uh, you know, and I still, I still, I've I've given the talk a few times and there's still one person or two people that are always kind of nodding off. And then Mm -hmm. I get, I get kind of like, oh man, I'm not doing good enough. And like, I try to get them more engaged and it's like, sometimes you just can't win everybody. So it's like, yeah. Um, but I think really the thing that I've learned the most is that just to keep it super clear what yeah. you're trying to do. And I don't know if I did it for you guys, but I tell them at the for beginning sure. of the presentation, this is my intention. Mm-hmm. Here, here's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty easy to do. I think that's really helped me is just saying at the very beginning of, of every time I go and speak to, to groups and teams, yeah. is, Hey, this is what I want you to walk away with. Yeah. 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 Well, not to change topics of that presentation, because Marg and I, we don't have a research team. Marg and I are our own own research team. So we noticed that you have made biscuits. Yeah. Waffles and (laughs) and chicken. So um, um, I'm a morning person, (laughs) so we we didn't go into this, but I've I've been a drilling engineer for years and years and years. So I I love to wake up early in the morning. So what this has morphed into, now that I'm not in drilling anymore, is I love to wake up early on Saturdays and Sundays and make breakfast. Um, While I sleep. While Bailey sleeps. (laughs) So I've gotten, um, I don't think I got a hand-me-down. I think we just bought one at the store like a cast iron skillet and man if there's anything to make in a cast iron skillet like i'm all about it man i've just tried to learn how to cook it's like the whole like being self-sufficient yeah i mean it's pretty easy if you can follow instructions i mean you should be able to make anything bailey's the good cook in the family 
by far. Uh, but I love breakfast, so it's like breakfast for dinner. I'd eat breakfast for lunch and breakfast for breakfast. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm all in on breakfast. So uh, yeah, probably like the best thing I ever made for Bailey. I got lucky and yeah. made some chicken and waffles one time. Yeah, they were, they were pretty legit. They were amazing. Um, so yeah, man, we love to cook at the yeah. Stanley House. <laughs> well, love to cook. It looked amazing because uh, I actually trolled Bailey's Instagram. Oh yeah. Like I said, we don't have a research department, but we can do some research. <laughs> Uh, about our guests yeah right? nice and so for you bailey box wine connoisseur what do you <laughs> listen yeah i'm not above it yeah the greatest thing about it is well you know rest in peace box wine for the next six months <laughs> but i could have a glass here a little glass there never have to throw away the bottles the mm. neighbors never have to know how many bottles are in the recycling <laughs> It's yeah, our little I, secret. I would wake up, like, I'd always go to the refrigerator, and I'm like, oh, half a bottle of wine. Like, Bailey, is this pour any good? Out. No, yeah. I've got to pour it down the sink. Like, we've poured hundreds of bottles of wine down the sink. Yeah. Probably, like box, everybody else has. Boda Box yeah. Pinot. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I steer clear of the box wine. I'm, I'm going to have any part of that. <laughs> He's a whiskey guy. Yeah, I'm a whiskey guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got Scottish you. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we love food and drink at the Staley House. Yes, we don't um, we don't want for much in the uh, yeah coffee the beverage and food department. I uh, got big into coffee lately. Yeah. yeah, man, we love it, love it, love it, love it. That's awesome. My <laughs> second question for you is, uh, I'm curious about this um, beauty counter consultant. Yes. Oh so yeah. What What's this about? Okay, so beauty counter is a company that makes skincare, hair care, makeup. Um, and baby products that are super safe mm-hmm. and free of over 1,500 chemicals that they will never use. And I just got into it whenever we were dealing with, like, some infertility issues. And then when the when the twins came along, I, you know, not knowing what their medical background was right. um, through adoption, I wanted safe products. So I found out about Beauty Counter and started it. And it's become a pretty big deal as far as, you know, people wanting to not slather themselves in in chemicals <laughs> right but right. um it's such a such a harsh it word, is a harsh like way slather. to put it it is a harsh way to put it but um it's a it's a super cool company ran by women mm. it's not very big here in oklahoma yet it's fun it's just something fun to do yeah. while i'm staying home with the kids and yeah that's awesome yeah yeah it's fun well that's leads me to because margie's a, a health coach oh, okay and so yeah. i went through her program and so i read labels ingredients yes yes. so it's kind of like that well Mm -hmm. what am i putting in my body is that good for me exactly and then now what am i putting on my skin or body is it good for me yeah Yeah. it's pretty crazy the things um like uh one of the reasons as far as infertility goes like a lot of things are hormone disruptors Mm -hmm. like as far as like in skincare and stuff and beauty counter doesn't use anything that has any ties to any carcinogen or hormone disruptors and so for kids it's good um kids with like really bad allergies or ADD, things like yeah. that. It's it's pretty fascinating to learn about all the things that, I mean, the, the U.S. is very far behind on all yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting. And it's uh, the company is also like marches on Washington and tries to, you know, promote better laws as far as safe skin care. And didn't, yeah. didn't you guys talk to... Um, one of the senators or something? Yeah, a group of, of Oklahoma consultants went up and talked to Senator Langford and was trying to help push along some some legislation for yeah. safer beauty, basically. 
That's good. So, yeah. That's really, really good. That's pretty cool. It's a really yeah. cool company. And we, I've got like, I use the sunscreen and stuff mm-hmm. like in the summertime because I'm, I'm getting older and mm-hmm. it's like, it's more important. You know, you start to see like, man, I really need to take care of myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we try to, we try to do, at least I try to do all that. Bailey does. She's all in on it. I just right. try to do as much as I can whenever yeah. I can. Yeah. I can see society trending that way to the more organics, the more mm-hmm. you got to know what you're putting on your body. Yeah. You know, to take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah. 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 Another thing that's kind of cool that I discovered uh, through it is the EWG, the Environmental Wellness Group. Mm-hmm. They have an app and um, you scan a barcode on just any, you know, shampoo or makeup or food or whatever you have in your house. Yeah. And it rates it from yeah. one to 10, one being the cleanest, 10 being not good yeah. um, and then it tells you why it rated it that way so like if it has any carcinogens or i mean even if it's an aerosol it'll it'll rate it poorly because it's an aerosol mm-hmm. but um so a lot of beauty counter products are ewg certified so they're completely safe wow. um but it's neat to take that scanner and kind of just go through some of the stuff that you've always used and been like well, that's kind of gross yeah but it's kind of cool that's so you have to right. you have to look it up you have to look I up will. the ewg uh, app i forget what it's called but it's awesome. And you're a consultant of this uh, beauty counter. Yes. Right? Yeah. So just I'm just an independent consultant. So yeah. people can buy the products through my website. So what's your website? It is beautycounter.com forward slash Bailey Staley. B-A-Y-L-E-Y. S-T-A-L-E-Y. You're such Man. A Look at this. Just give her an advertisement, bro. <laughs> Free plug. We need all, we got a lot of diapers help. to buy. So, so go out and get some stuff. It's help great. Help me. We Save love your it. skin yeah. and help us. Help us buy diapers. Yeah. We're going to look into it for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you should, really no, should. No, it's really, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's super clean. Um, yeah. It's a great, I mean, the marketing's good. The products are good. Like it's And it's like it's a high really performance cool. product. They model themselves more after like a department store quality. Okay. Than just like a drugstore quality. So yeah, yeah. Th- they all perform really well. I like it. That's my pitch. <laughs> and Craig looks good, so maybe I should get some. <laughs> Look at this youthful glow. Man. Yeah. I showered today. My man. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a question, and we can take this separately or we can take it together. I'm fascinated on how do people contribute to society. And so we can take it. Craig, you can answer how you do it individually, and Bailey, you can take yeah. it on how you contribute. And then maybe how both of you guys combined. Yeah. How do you make that contribution? Ladies first. You want me to go first? Okay, I'm going to take just kind of the sappy way out here. Let's hear it. Um, I would say my contribution would just be compassion and love, Um, whether it's strangers or whether it's through my children or through my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I think by just being an example and showing kindness and grace, um, you know, smile wave at the people on the corner if you can't give them money. Yeah. But I, I would say that would be a big contribution. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I you know, I think it, it's really good for people to think about this. So I'm 35 and I'm really just starting to come to understand really what that means. So giving back to society, you know, I mentor some, some people at work. I'm involved, like I said, with the university that, that I graduated from and I'm on the board of um, engineering for, for them and try to try to keep that going and represent them well. But I think, and Bailey said it in hers, is example. And really, I think if I had to boil it down, it would be just leading by example. Yeah. So, you know, just give you an example of what that means. I, I truly think, and everybody hears like, 
the way you treat people that can do nothing for you is mm-hmm. um, extremely powerful. Right. And and Bailey can attest to this. Like I get the biggest kick out of being so nice to just complete strangers. So yeah. whether yeah. it's the lady at Sonic and I give her like Christmas a, time at a Sonic, twenty dollar, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just little stuff like that, you yeah. know. And I think I think a lot of people that I know try to like you know, I'm, I'm in this volunteer group and I do that. And I think it's all great. But for Bailey and I right now where we're at, um, you know, our focus is on our family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like Bailey talks about love and compassion, it's, you know, to everybody we encounter on a daily basis too. And yeah. I think that's pretty powerful, right? Like Absolutely. just, just being, just being a good example. And it's, it's, um, saying hi to someone when you're walking da- across campus or yeah. down the street or, just being, you know, helpful to someone that's in the grocery store. It's like, I, I just love doing that stuff. Right. But it's not just for the act of doing it for them. I feel like we get like twice as much back. I mean, <laughs> seeing joy on people's yeah. faces is, it's bizarre that it's just two little kids in a cart, but like they think it's the coolest thing. Like, yeah. 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 It's kind of a novelty. Jumping but... way ahead. But yeah, I think that is the other thing for us is that we've seen how much love and joy that we brought just our environment when, yeah. when you know, I wish they were here. They'd be destroying this place. But <laughs> just when you bring our kids around and people see like who they are and they see us and they start to do two and two and they just smile. Mm-hmm. And, and I never had that happen before I had the kids. Like, yeah. I, I never walked into a room and people would just smile. It's like, oh God, like what's he want? <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, th- I think that's it. I like it. That's awesome. I, I, I'm always intrigued to hear because you got people that do do volunteer work and they're part of a group that does X and yeah. other, that does Y and, sure. and Z, et cetera. And I'm, I'm with them. It's about how, how can I contribute? And if I can't take care of myself, then I'm not ever going to be able to contribute to anyone. Oh, class, yeah. Right? And that's such a great point. And yeah. I think that's, that's why Bailey and I are here today and, and, why we haven't really ventured out and found, cause I think you have to find the thing that you're like super passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think now we've found that thing, but for the, I mean, I could have signed up and, and, you know, done an AIDS charity or like I used to do the MS, um, bike ride all the time with my friends yeah. or Alzheimer's, like whatever that is. Like mm-hmm. I just haven't had anything that I was like, that's my thing. Right. Yeah. And so now like, we're getting our thing and it's talking about, you know, adoption. It's and personal. It's personal, yeah. right? I and mean, we got yeah. this story to share. But yeah, I, I think it, it took a while to find kind of what our thing is. So, yeah. I mean, I I love, we need all the people that volunteer and do all that. Um, Absolutely. It's super yeah. important and Bailey and I support every bit of that. I think it's just finding what we're willing to give up. Mm. It's just more meaningful like when it precious means something family to you time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it makes sense because I'm tying this back to Bailey selling the skin product and because you obviously we'll talk about later, but you adopted twins and, and so you don't know what they're allergic to. So yeah, you're right. going to put the safest thing on there. Sure. Right. And that makes sense. And now you're giving back to society. Like, Hey, I'm, I've got this product, you know, consulting yeah. about and yeah. selling. Yeah. 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 It Great makes point. sense. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love it. Man. Yeah. yeah. So it's nothing, nothing earth shattering, but at the end of the day, I just hope that Bailey, you, my kids are all a little bit better off for having spent some time with me. So that's just how do I, I try to approach every day. Some days I win, some days I lose. Absolutely. But, yeah. um, I just hope I win more days than I lose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I really resonate with a lot of things that you say, a lot of things that you actually do on campus because I've never really hung out with you off yeah. campus, right? Yeah. But our breakfast, we, we literally sat there and had 
I had an apple, you had a coffee, and we sat there for about 35, 40 minutes, and we just chatted like yeah. we're best friends. Yeah, no, and I you know, and I, I texted you, and I meant it like, man, you just, I had the best day afterwards. Yeah. It was just like a bunch of good energy and a good yeah. vibe, yeah. and it's just, yeah. man, I love that stuff. I yeah. eat it up, but I think... I talk to people at work and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't, I don't, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I like, I don't really do anything at Chesapeake that's like earth shattering. Right. And I was talking to someone the other day and it's like, I just talk to people, Mm. but there's so much going on just in the world and at work and all this other stuff. It's like to just take the time and talk to someone and Mm. like, Hey, how's your day? What are you going through? How can I help? Hey Mm. man, just keep fighting or do here's what you do really well like that whole like yeah feedback and i see the sindalini stuff like just that whole like feedback and coaching you know i yeah. think that's that's stuff that i love to do and right. so I'm, I'm willing to do it yeah well you talked about things that you do at chesapeake and you talk about it's not earth shattering well it may not be earth shattering in the literal sense however for my group and corporate reserves or other groups that don't understand connecting mm-hmm. the dots. Yeah. It's huge. And the yeah. net effect of your presentation, your style really resonated with yeah. a lot of the departments. So yeah. now instead of just being one person, it's 2,200, 2,500 people that actually understand yeah. mm-hmm. your presentation, yeah. the finances a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So it is moving, man. No, thank it you. Wong. It, no, thank you so much. It, it means a lot. You know, the, so I came from, from planning and I had a little team of five or six people. Um, and when they asked me to go to IR, I was like, well, what's IR? And like, oh, investor relations. I'm like, man, I don't know anything about that. My second question was, well, do I have a team? Mm-hmm. And I was so hung up around how big my team was going to be. I didn't realize the influence that I was going to have. And so it's funny the what you say, like the way I try to approach it is I get all this information every day into yeah. my office. It does no good for all this information to reside just in my office. Right. But now I've got, you know, 2,200 people that I can influence every day. And so it's completely shifted my thought around leadership um, and it took me a long time to get there, but yeah, now I have the whole company is the way I yeah. look at it. So, yeah. you know, thank you, man. That feedback is, uh, is super nice. Yeah, man. Uh, you ever get to talk to Mr. Lawler? Yeah, I, I, I actually travel with Doug a little bit and, um, it's probably the best part of the job. You yeah. Know? I wish everybody in Bailey can tell you, like, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, yeah, I'm with Doug. <laughs> um, <laughs> So true. Hanging out with with Nick and Doug and Frank yeah. is the best part of the gig. So we yeah. travel um, New York, Boston, L.A., Houston, all all the towns where all the big money is. Um, it's super cool traveling with yeah. Doug. I mean, you're on the private jet and all that stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, and we talked about it a second ago, um, he treats everybody he runs into like they're his boss. I yeah. mean, it's the guy that's carrying his bags. Uh, to the plane, to hotel staff. Um, I've just been super impressed uh, the way that each three of those guys handle themselves. And, and just give you an example, we came home from one of our first IR conferences that I was on, and I'm just blown away with those guys. And Bailey was picking me up for something I forget. And I go get in the car, and the twins were with us, and, and Nick, Del also the CFO, he just comes over and it's like, oh, hey, can, are the twins in there? Can I see them? I'm like, yeah, sure. And introduce himself to Bailey and yeah. um, just super good people, nice guys, super down to earth. But what's been interesting for me is like they're so approachable 
um, and they treat me just like I'm one of them. And, yeah. it, and it's encouraging to see that the way you treat people matters. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Man. yeah. So I, I, those guys are super funny, man. And you know, we were up in Boston the other day and Doug's like FaceTiming one. He's got triplets. He was FaceTiming yeah. one of the triplets when we were at dinner and it was super cool. So yeah, yeah. I spent a little bit of time with those guys. I'm just super humbled to be mm-hmm. a part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I get starstruck too. I'm like that little kid because I saw Mr. Lawler at Christmas time during the event the tree light oh yeah the tree yeah. Light. Yeah. yeah i don't know the official name i should know gordon will kill me yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Me too. yeah 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 and i took a picture with him and you know he knew my name first, yeah my first name mm-hmm. yeah no he's yeah. a great he guy kinda, he always says he wishes like everyone got to see them in that light and they know that they were out there fighting the good fight for everyone yeah, else I, too i so. think they they probably take it more personal than anybody yeah yeah how the company's doing um yeah dude i i it it's the coolest thing no, so, that's true, man. I wish yeah. I could get him on the podcast someday. Yeah, I, well, we'll we'll hook you <laughs> up. I mean, That'd I'm be sure great. they'd love to. Yeah, he's got a crazy story too. Oh yeah, yeah. that'd be sure really does. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's to work that in for me. Sometime, I'll do. I'll, I'll do what I can. Man. You know, I got love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you both probably had individual defining moments as a individual person. And this podcast is about defining moments. However, you both are here. Yeah. Both married for at least five years. It'd be five years in October. Right. I was trolling your Instagram. Yeah. Good work. Kind of scares me, Wong. Your research department is on point. (laughs) Oh, man. You got to get to know the people before you bring them on. (laughs) So as a couple, um, is there a defining moment or moments that you both would like to share with all of our listeners? As a couple, I think honestly, well, obviously we had a dream wedding and all of that was lovely and wonderful. But I think when it comes to defining moments, I would say probably my first miscarriage because you don't know, you just don't know how you're going to react in a situation like that. You know, up until then, everything's been easy. You know, Mm -hmm. we met, dated, just like everything was easy. Mm -hmm. Wedding was beautiful. I did forget. I was a little... (laughs) I was stunned. The ring was bigger than I thought. <laughs> well done, Craig. You did something right. Um, but I think when when it got real hard and it didn't go right, we had the option to kind of deal with it and grow from it, be better from it, or to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as the female with the emotional side, I kind of fell apart. I mean, yeah. you think like, Oh, everybody's getting pregnant. This is so easy. Da 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 da. Yay! We get to tell everybody. Um, we're so excited. You go to the doctor, and there's nothing in there, and you're just like, I mean, everything crashes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Craig, you know, being a man, he didn't know what to do. Like he wanted to be strong for me when I know he wanted to weep. Mm-hmm. And then from that moment on, I feel like our marriage got stronger, our communication got stronger. We just kind of, it just kind of clicked for us even more Mm -hmm. than it had. Little did we know we'd be going through that again in the second time. Not easier, but, you know, we kind of knew what we were in for. And again, we kind of had each other's back. And I think from then on, like, we were like, if we could do this, we can, we can do anything. I mean, So, I mean, when life really gets you down, I feel like that's when, that's when you're defined, right? Yeah, yeah. So, that was mine. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really why we're here. I, 
it's not something that you ever as, as, so that's the the lady side from the guy's side like I, d- I didn't even really know what a miscarriage was you never hear anybody talk about it you don't ever ask your friends never right. tell you and so I didn't really know what that meant mm-hmm. and and Bailey's so right like you you either you either grow from it or you don't mm-hmm. and, and you go the other direction so the first one, you know, you go and do your Google research and it's like, oh, this is super common. Which doesn't make you feel any better. Yeah, which doesn't <laughs> make you feel any better. But, right. you know, as it, even when you think about it, like they give you like a pamphlet when you go to the doctors and it's like, man, this is so common that they've made a pamphlet for this. And here my wife is like grieving through losing a baby mm-hmm. and they're like giving me a pamphlet. I don't even understand like what's going on with my wife and her body and what this means to our family and our future and you know, and I think the first one for me wasn't the defining moment. It was really the second one, right? Mm-hmm. Because then I'm the 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 scientist, the math guy. That's yeah. like, man, we're we're developing a there's a trend here, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember plain as day, like Bailey, Bailey and I have had some interesting conversations when I'm in the shower and she's just in the bathroom, and but she just tells me like, you can't fix this. This is something that's just gonna work itself out and. I didn't really, like, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, here I am, like, I've built this whole life around doing things, right? Yeah. Like, done all this bike stuff and running stuff and the Boston Marathon, like, all this stuff. Like, I was doing something. Right. And I knew I could train harder, eat better, sleep better, whatever. Like, this wasn't, like, nothing that I was going to do was going to fix what we were going through. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to cope or with Or prevent that. it from happening again, technically. I mean. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like, there wasn't, like, a... I mean, she was eating right, doing, I mean, we were doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was just kind of like, how do you, how do you work through that? And it, yeah. it's pretty, you know, and it's fun. I, it's fun to think about the question, like what's your defining moment, like in your life? And there's hundreds of, mm-hmm. of, of moments and teachers and coaches and, and sporting events and, and academic things and college. Right. But I think all that led me to be able to deal with, the mm-hmm. second miscarriage to yeah. say, man, like we can, like I don't know how, but we can do this. Yeah. And so then we started like the whole like battery tests with Bailey, and then I was starting them, and it was essentially like everything's fine. There's no reason. Yeah. You know, we went to fertility doctors. There's mm-hmm. no reason this isn't working. Um, Which gave then, us a lot of hope, like sure, because we we hadn't gone to like a specialist. Yeah. It was just kind of like, hey. Um, everything's okay. And then the specialist said, oh yeah, like this is a slam dunk. You guys will be great. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, we've never talked to someone that was, um, that they were the subject matter expert, I guess, if you, yeah. you were to say about, yeah. about mm-hmm. pregnancy and fertility and, and all of that. And but, then little did we know we had a whole nother thing in store. And truly, I believe that we had two miscarriages to take us to the road that yeah, we yeah. are on or it never would have happened the way that it happened. Yeah. So, and I know we'll get into that, but um, yeah. so the, I truly believe it happened for a reason. On the uh, first one, so did you find out by like a pregnancy test? An ultrasound. An ultrasound. Yeah. So, okay. well, yeah. So, like, I took a pregnancy test at home, right. and we're like, "Oh my god, this is so exciting!" Uh-huh. And then you know, um, you find out about somewhere between four and five weeks with a home pregnancy test, and then. You have to wait till like week eight to go, or my doctor waits till week eight. Um, And then you do an ultrasound and uh, we're in there. We're excited. 
And then she's like, there's nothing. Well, there was a baby in there, but it didn't have a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's just like, oh, my gosh. And then she brings in another doctor and it's like, look and make sure. And then you're just like going there and like expecting to like be able to call your parents afterwards and be like, oh, my gosh, like, here's the picture. Mm -hmm. And then you leave and you're scheduling a procedure to have the baby removed. I mean, as bad as that sounds. Right. And so it's just a lot of highs and lows that, like, nobody can prepare you for right. emotionally. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty heartbreaking, but I have faith in God. There's always a reason for things that happen, bad mm-hmm. things that happen, good things that happen. So in the back of my head, I had that to help me get through it. But, you know, that doesn't make it the hurt go away. Yeah, absolutely so. not. Right. Did you guys go through counseling after the first? No. No. Um... And I think on the second one, we got to the point and Bailey was in a pretty bad spot and mm-hmm. that's got us to this adoption thing, whatever. And she was just kind of depressed and sad and like, look, you got to, I don't know. The only thing I know to do is to do something. So yeah. like you laying on the couch isn't going to fix it. Like right. that, I know that to be true. Um, and so she got a little part-time job and kind of the rest is history. But I didn't know, like for me... Like, I didn't know what to do mm. because no one, as a as a man, no one pulls you aside and is like, look, man, like, this is what could happen if your wife gets pregnant. Like, yeah. and we've been through it and, and you don't talk about it either. So mm. I didn't have anybody to turn to to say, hey, do you have any tips or suggestions? Like, Bailey's really struggling. She's sad and upset and crying. Like, I don't I don't know what to do. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. So that was really hard on us. But I think, and Bailey talked about communication. Like, it was really hard for me to come home and just be like, look, we can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. you're going to have to help yourself because I can't. Mm. I can only do so much. Um, and so that really helped us, I think, just getting over the communication barrier of whatever I say isn't going to fix it, Yeah. but I'm here to help. Just tell me how to help you. Uh, I think yeah. the other, the hardest part for me was I felt like my friends felt bad telling me their good mm. news. Yeah. And so that was so hard and I was more sad, not that they were pregnant and I wasn't, but that they were scared to tell me mm. like that they didn't want to share good news with me. That broke my heart. Yeah. And I think so. And it's super cool to talk about because you know, I told you when we got here, Bailey's super relationship based mm-hmm. and the amount of love and support that I saw from Bailey's friends and family and her support system was just yeah. unreal. Right. And, and I knew she had a good group of friends whenever mm-hmm. we started dating. I, I totally knew that. But you don't really know how good of friends you have until you need them. And, until you're in um, a situation like that. Right? Yeah. Bailey's support system is just unreal. But at the same time, after having us been through that, we couldn't be any bigger supporters of people getting pregnant like it because yeah. we for sure because we know how hard it is like yeah. and, and bailey didn't tell you it's not like we got pregnant like instantly and had a miscarriage it's like it took a, a while to yeah. even get to that point and then it happened and then it took a while to get to that point and we miscarried so it's like we spent two or three years going through this process and it's it's draining like mentally and you get and it's tiring like man is, there, is this gonna happen right. um so i'm the biggest fan of whenever i hear someone is pregnant because i appreciate now how hard it and, is like what a miracle truly yeah. like yeah. how magical yeah. uh, of a thing that is and so 
you know, I, I've, we've learned a ton, but I think that's the one thing, uh, well, one of the things that I've learned the most is just how much I appreciate life and how fickle it can be. Everybody's just like, oh, I get married and have kids. And it's like, man, there's, there's people out there that really struggle. Yeah. And so, yeah, Bailey and I couldn't be bigger fans of anyone. We're probably happier for you than you are for you. Yeah. Cause we yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. When you, when you talk about support system for, let's say Bailey, so do you, have friends you hang out with i have a very large group of very close friends um and we have a big group text and we say all the time how lucky we are Mm -hmm. because craig can say i mean there's probably 14 girls that we go on trips together we're the first to tell each other exciting news horrible news yeah parents having cancer and yeah you know we're just kind of our own little warriors with for each other Mm -hmm. which is just really cool and i feel like it's really rare for women to have that many close friends. Um, That's probably true. There's no no drama, no competition. It's just easy yeah. as it should be. You know, right. friendship should be easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I got a really good group, and I'm very close with my family. Yeah. So, um, that all both those together have just saved me, honestly. That's awesome, man. Craig, what about you? Do you have a, a group of guys? You hang out with yeah. So I, I'm I'm about the opposite of Bailey. My relationships would be narrower but deeper. So I'm mm. I'm close with a couple people, and that's yeah. probably about it. Um, yeah. yeah. He just doesn't. He doesn't have to go to that as like I do. Like mm-hmm. I need to go to my girlfriends for yeah, things and. For sure. Craig, we he maybe comes to me or or just those couple of people in his life. I mean, yeah. it's it works for him and what mm-hmm. I have works for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause you know, you talk about work and people at work think I'm like the most popular guy on campus and I'm <laughs> outgoing and I'm fun and I like to talk to people and I do. But when I come home man, I just like do my own thing and hang out yeah. with my kids and with Bailey. And like, I, I don't really hang out with people outside mm-hmm. of work. I love everyone at, at work. I'm just kind of my own guy at home. Yeah. And, that's kind of how I recharge and uh, I spend a lot of energy at work going out and doing all that stuff and I love to do it. But when I come right. home, I just, I don't want to do work. I just want to be Craig, the dad and mm-hmm. Craig, the husband and son and brother and all that other stuff. So yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of people like on a Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. that I'm hanging out with, but yeah. there are a couple of people that I'm super close with and I got to see one of them actually this weekend and, and that was good for me. And I'm going out to a, a bachelor party in Moab this next weekend to see some of them. So it'll be super cool. But So you guys do find it very therapeutic that you have a couple of close friends, Craig, and then you have 14 girlfriends, Bailey, that <laughs> yes. you guys can turn and go and kind of retreat to yeah. when we need. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I'm with you. I think Margie and I are the same way. I, like you, Craig, I have maybe two, three. Yeah. And Margie's got... Oh, a few. So it is therapeutic, right? Mm-hmm. However, at the end of the day, I I'm, I turn to Mark and say, "Hey, you know, I'm going through this. Can I get some advice?" Yeah, yeah, you know, so. yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. It's really good. So you mentioned twins. Yeah. What about the twins? Oh gosh. So now that's kind of and it's fun for me to think about. Like you know, we went through the miscarriage, infertility stuff. I don't really even call it infertility because we were able to get pregnant. Mm. Um. And Bailey and I are like, this isn't working out. Let's do something different. So when we were first start dating, and I don't know if Bailey remembers this, but I, I remember, remember like I remember. having the conversation like, hey, would you want to adopt? And I have no idea why like I asked for that or why I wanted to do it. I just was like, hey, I think this is a good question. 
So I asked her, and she's like, yeah, I think about it. I was like, I mean, I want my own kids first. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, was, I don't. At the time, I was like, no, that'll never really happen. Yeah. Like, we'll have our own kids, and then yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. So we, man, we were having trouble with all that, and, and Bailey was in her store one day, and a family friend walked in, and... and Bailey told her, told him her, her story and, you know, Bailey's Native American and we, they start talking and it's like, oh, did you know you get, I guess, preferential treatment or, mm. you know, with all the Indian rules yeah. and, and ICWA and all that, um, you get placed to the top of the list if you want yeah. to adopt. Because we thought too, like adoption was going to be this, and you hear stories about, you know, it took us two years and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can wait two years. So we kind of went down that path and... Ended up meeting Bailey's friend and, and his partner for lunch at Cafe 501 right there by mm-hmm. Chesapeake one day in April, I think, of 2016. Had lunch. Just, they were already in the process. They were already in the process okay. and kind of helped us like navigate it because it's super complex from it's the like, outside. Like, how do you even start? Yeah. So they both kind of helped us go through that and had a really good time with them. And next thing I know, we spent our Memorial Day of 16 driving to Wichita to go and talk to this lawyer to start going through the adoption process. So what's funny for me, and I I don't know how to describe it any other way than it's kind of like ordering pizza. Um, (laughs) I know it's funny, right? But you talk talk about presentation. I just try to make people understand. Like you literally get, I think it was two or three pages of stuff. And you fill out a profile and all this, but it's like, what kind of kid do you want to adopt? Check the box. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally build your own pizza. Mm-hmm. So you get to... <laughs> I just mean that to be funny. I know. I'm um, so you get down the list, right? And you go anywhere from ethnicity, background, mom and dad's race, religion, mm-hmm. drug use, all like all this crazy stuff. And there's a, there's a question around multiples. And I'm like, well, I was assuming it'd be like, hey, there's a newborn and like another baby that's one. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we'll just two for one special kind of deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was, if I was a baby and I knew I had a brother or sister, like I'm pretty sure I'd want to be close with them. Right. Yep. So baby and I just checked the box. Like, yes. Next question. Mm, yes. So she, she's down, down the street at a uh, friend's house and she comes home. Um, and she's like, Hey, we got picked. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? We got picked like yard of the month or something. Again, like, he <laughs> was in the shower. I was in the shower. <laughs> I'm clean. What can I say? Um, <laughs> And she's like, hey, we got picked. And I'm like, picked for what? And she's like, oh, we're adopting. I'm like, cool. And then she's like, oh, we're adopting twins. I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot we checked the multiple spots. It's a two for one special. Yeah. yeah, we did get the two for one special. So, yeah, we um, we filled out this crazy big profile for Bailey and I and what our life was like and who we were and what, mm-hmm. we, what we stood for and all that. And um, this birth mother in Sioux City, Iowa picked us for some reason. And yeah, the twins are, uh, are with her, you know, they're, I think she, I don't remember how far along she was, but that kind of started the, the defining moment that kind of defined us, but we were able to define a little bit because we had been through all the miscarriage route and et cetera. And that was pretty tough on us too. So we go Mm -hmm. down the path and, and we start to get to know this, um, the biological mom and 
uh, Bailey was would be texting with her. We got her like her own separate phone and and, and all you that. Burn her phone. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't want, you know we didn't want her to like you need know a little bit lived of and like some, right. some, some privacy and, and all that. So it was like a semi closed adoption, but um. So yeah, I mean, we found out. I think the middle of June is when Bailey came home with that super good news, and then it was super fast because it was the middle of June, and the kids were born in September. And just after Labor um, Day. Yeah, wow. just after Labor Day. So it's crazy because we never knew what the birth mother's life was really like, mm-hmm. and so this is where I grew a lot as a as a person and as a human, and and I took a lot away from it. She would call, and and she had a stipend. I mean, we set up a fund for for her to live off of, and. Cause she, this, this lady was homeless. Mm-hmm. She was 28 or 29 at the 29. time. 29. 29 at the time. Single, uh, homeless, no job. Just, Had seven previous children. Yeah, six or seven. I never can remember. But So the, she was kind of actually used Six. to this, which was kind of weird for Bailey and I. But started <laughs> talking with her. And, and then I want to get to where we went up to Sioux City because Bailey called me one day. She's like, oh, she's going into labor. Yeah. So it was the beginning of August, and and Bailey and I are driving up to Sioux City from Oklahoma City, which is about an eight or nine hour drive, if yeah. I remember right. We did it a couple it times. About eight. Yeah. Have you met her prior to then? No, no. no. This is the first time. First this time. is the first time when she's in labor. We have talked. No, well, so we had talked to her. She thought, yeah, she thought she was oh, going into labor. I got you. So we drive up there, and we check into a hotel room, and. I think we we ended up going to our lawyer's office the next day and it's like uh, she's not going into labor but she's dilated to like a four or a five all stuff at the time that i'm kind of just well, i don't know what any of these means <laughs> yeah me neither uh which means like she could go into labor like at any moment okay um so bailey as a as a woman and as a mom is just kind of freaking out so we ended up staying in in sioux city for a week um, a couple different hotels, and for me, it was it was really a a life changing event where we got to see how, and this is terrible to say, it's like we get to see how the less fortunate live, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how to. I don't say know it. that I would say it. it's it's. There's a lot Just that like goes s- into it, yeah. but it's it, it's more so um, Native American culture. Mm-hmm. is very different and i mean mm-hmm. she grew up on a reservation and on a reservation it's tradition and totally acceptable to barter for things so yeah. um here, i'll give you this but it, can you give me that kind of a it's their culture that's how they do it yeah and you know once you step off the reservation thing you know that's not really how the world works yeah people want it to but sometimes you you don't get something for giving something all the time right mm-hmm. So it was hard for us because, you know, a lot of the time since we were here, the our attorney there would take care of situations and she would just be like, hey, by the way, I took care of this, that or the other. And we didn't know all the details. Well, when we were there, we, we knew the details and mm-hmm. the details were for this woman to go to a doctor. She needed she had to have something in order to go to the doctor. Like so she Walmart would get a Walmart gift, gift card. Oh, we I would have you. to give her a Walmart gift card to get her to go see her OB. Um, meanwhile, she's pregnant with twins, which is a high-risk pregnancy. And we had a feeling she was doing drugs. She denied it. But our attorney also knew her past. She had dealt with other adoptions for this um, birth mother. And that was her history. So I'm terrified. I'm like, yeah. okay, like, 
we don't know where this woman is. Like, is she staying? Is she there at the hotel? Is she on the street, like, doing drugs? It was terrifying. And moral of the story is we got to meet her. And, you know, I'm like, what can we do for you? Like, I'm just trying to, like... I want this woman to trust me, yeah. you know, and I want her to know that we are loving people and we're going to mm-hmm. take awesome care of these kids. But I don't honestly think she really cared. She like wanted to get her nails done. <laughs> like, well, I remember we took her to Target and she's like, hey, can I buy deodorant? And I'm like, you yeah, can buy whatever like, you, you want. Load, like, load the cart up, man. Like, <laughs> you can have whatever you it. want. I mean, like, you don't, you can't have whatever you want. I mean, you can, we're here do it now. I mean, we're not going to target every, I mean, this is the only time we're really going to see you. And so the whole adoption process for me was eye-opening in the fact of this woman in particular, how her mind worked. Mm. And, um, like I said, she had six or seven kids before this one and she was almost running it like a business, which was heartbreaking to us. And just something we couldn't wrap our minds around. It took us all week of, of being up there and essentially chasing her around. To, to get her to go under, to the dog. To understand how her mind worked. Yeah. It, because I think, like, the whole time I was up there and it, and it hit home for me, like, you know, I work at a place and everybody more or less has more in common than they think they do. Yeah. And I'm up here and I'm trying to relate and communicate and work with this woman who I, I have nothing in common with, right. like nothing. And Bailey was able to relate with her a lot better because it's, you know, future mom to mom and, and woman to woman. And I'm just kind of the guy sitting on the outside, like, Hey, like I'm Craig. Like, I'm, I, I'm, it, I'll be like, a is it okay good... if I take a step back? I want to tell a little yeah, bit more please. at the beginning of the story. Yeah. Is that okay? No, you can't um, Cause I feel like we're missing some key parts. So when I got the, basically I got an email that had a one page attachment Mm -hmm. that just gave me some basics about this birth mother, you know, previous children, does she do drugs? She checked no alcohol, no, just different, very basic, basic things. That's what you have in an adoption. The birth mother chooses you, but you have to choose them back. So we had been presented maybe one or two other people and that we said no to that we said that we had said no to okay. because their their lifestyle or things were just things that we weren't willing to it just didn't jive with the road we wanted to go down yeah so this one page document for this uh for our birth mother you know it just sounded like oh this is great this is perfect you know so we chose her back and then we had yeah. a phone interview mm-hmm. and you know, here I am, I'm like doing all this prep, like, okay, we're going to do a phone interview. And I'm like, writing down all these questions, what made you choose us and all these different things. And her answers were just like, well, I mean, you guys look nice. And here I am like this emotional person. And I'm just expecting her to be like, oh, you guys, you know, you just look like you're loving people or, right. you know, I mean, something besides you just look nice or like it was the first book I saw or, you know, I don't know. That's, that's but, what I mean by like saying... Just there was a whole other lifestyle out there that Bailey and I did not know anything about. Yeah, it was just. And not saying that's bad. It's no, just, not saying it's it bad. It's just, just seeing different. how sheltered we really are at the end of the day. Yeah, that's right? fair. Like, yeah, I mean, you know what and, I mean. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, you know, we get that, and we're like, she, the lady, gets off the phone and calls us back. She's like, oh yeah, she still wants you guys to, to be the parents. I'm like, great, wonderful, you know. So the next step goes on, and I get a burner phone just so she doesn't have my actual phone number, which, you know, I think anyone would do. 
and we kind of start texting and I want to win her trust and like it here's the kind of crazy thing about adoption is at any point this woman can just change her mind if I make her mad or tell her she can't have something she can just say okay well you know I'll pick someone else there's no she's not held to us by any means so she can change her mind she can change Mm -hmm. her mind anytime you want can you change your mind yeah Mm -hmm. oh same yeah okay I think so that's always in the back of your head it's like okay I mean you know treat her gingerly like yeah she would call me at uh 12 o'clock at night I need a cab back to the hotel my boyfriend you know my boyfriend beat me up or I mean there's just can I order me a pizza? Literally, will you please call and order me a pizza? Can you send me um, some cash? I don't have any money. Like things that she knows she can't ask me for. All mm. of that has to go through the attorney. Oh, and wow. so, but she would try to, like, she'd pull on my heartstrings, you yeah. know? And um, she'd call and tell me about, you know, her a really crummy relationship she was in with our child children's birth father Mm -hmm. and just tell me horrible scary things that he would be doing like he hit me in the stomach or and i'm just like you know and whether or not these things were true right we'll never know but like she knew how to work the system and i feel like people go into this process thinking oh you know we'll just do a little correspondence everything will be great like you don't understand the drama that goes down because Mm -hmm. I don't want this to sound bad, but people in normal situations don't give up their babies. Yeah. No, that's, I I mean, and that sounds harsh, but it's true. Like it's, they're going through a phase of their life. You know, there's the occasional like young girl that's from a good family that just knows that she can't handle it. Mm. And that's, you know, so commendable of, of that woman to choose that. But there's a whole other side where, she got room and board. She got food. She got diapers for her kids that she already had and things that we were paying for that she was kind of manipulating the situation for. And so I feel like when I tell people our story, I always am like, you have to understand the mindset. You can't even wrap your mind around yeah. the way that these people think and work. And like I said, it may be more of a Native American thing just because that's how they're raised and that's their culture okay. mm-hmm. as far as the bartering situation goes. Um, and there are so many children. It's it's absolutely horrifying how many children um, need homes that are Native American because of the laws. Lots of typical white families that or any other race that doesn't have Native American blood choose not, like on the pizza ordering thing that Craig described. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll choose every they'll choose every race except for Native American because the Indian Child Welfare Act, um, there's is a set of laws that there's a ranking of who the children go to. Mm-hmm. First would be a tribal family member. Okay. Next would be a tribal non family member, and third would be an any other tribe member. So that's where we fall because I'm Cherokee Indian and these children were not Cherokee. So they would either go to a family member within the tribe that their mother is or they would go to another member in the tribe that isn't a family member. Mm -hmm. And then us. And then basically, as I'm rambling, what can happen is the the tribe can come and take the child. If they find somebody that's higher up on the list than you, Mm -hmm. they can take your child. And so... There's a lot of horror stories out there about families that aren't Native American or don't rank 
high enough in the equal law standards that have lost their children yeah. and they've been removed from their home. So a lot of people that would easily take these wonderful, darling Indian babies that they just don't want to deal with losing yeah. them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's been hard. Um, sorry, that was kind of No, no, no. It's, it's no, good. I, I even forgot about some of that stuff. That's and, great information. So we were up there for a week, got to know her, got to see her, spend a little time understanding her environment, which I think was important for Bailey and I. And uh, we kind of left it and was like, hey, and I told Bailey, like, I am not going back until she's in labor. Like He had to it, rip me out of that town. So essentially, we went up there because she thought she was going to have the kids and mm. she didn't. So I'm like, I'm, cause I'm, had, I'm taking PTO from work. We're written yeah. hotel rooms. I'm like... Like, we, we had car we, seats in the car. Yeah, we I mean, had we all were, the yeah, I mean, baby we, we gear. Were ready. Wow. I mean, yeah. So, so we, to leave that town without our babies was yeah, it was was tough. It was and hard. Then we came home and pretty normal couple weeks really, and then we got a call on September first that she was going into labor, and I just told Billy like I'm I'm not going until she's in like, the hospital. In the hospital, <laughs> yeah. Now, mind you, like right, because I've I've been through this before, and I kind of know her, and I know the yeah. know the system, and so Bailey and I, it's late at night, and uh, well, no, it was I think that might have been in the morning actually, and we left in afternoon, mid afternoon, and we're driving up through Kansas and Nebraska, which like I grew up in that area, and um, it's a beautiful drive. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful drive. So I was gonna gonna tell like, so we're on some crazy backcountry road, and Bailey and I are cruising to the satellite radio, and uh, man, the sun is setting, and an awesome song came on by uh, Van Morrison, yeah. and Bailey and I just looked at each other like that's our son's name. Um, so we named our son Van, and it worked out really good. Like it was that song, that name, which is also Bailey's grandpa's name, wow. and then his first name is William. So William Van Stately. Um, William's my middle name, which is my grandpa's um, name. So we yeah. wanted to keep it in the family, and then that happened. And Bailey and I just looked at each other like, "This is super cool." So like yeah. we we're cruising up there. We finally nailed down, "Hey, what we're gonna name one of these kids?" Um, we knew uh, our daughter's name. We get there and and I'll never forget. We go we go to the hospital uh, in the morning at like five. Six, it was like five, five or five thirty in the morning. And then the nurse just looks at me and she's like, "We buzz the little buzzer that's at the labor and delivery yeah, doors to get us in." And they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "We're here for so and so, our birth mother." And they buzz open the doors and I'm like, "All right, here we go." You know what room <laughs> is she in? You know. Yeah. And the nurse is walking towards us and. She left last night. She's not here. And we're yeah, I'm just sunk. Fuming. Sunk. She was supposed to be there overnight. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so we're just feeling like, how are we going to get her here? This is just what happened the last time we were here. How are we going to get her to this hospital? Because she kept leaving AMA against medical advice. And uh, so I call the attorney at you know, 545 in the morning. And I'm like, you're never going to believe this, but she's not here. And she's like freaking out. She's like, oh, my God. So she has to call, 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 call. Finally, we're sitting in the waiting room, elevator dings, doors open. Here she comes, just like, oh, yeah, they told me to go home last night. I'm like, did they really? No, they didn't. You were supposed to be here. <laughs> and so <laughs> she goes back there, and I, we're just waiting in the waiting room, watching prices right, like just waiting for our lives to change. Yeah. And they play a lullaby um, over the speakers every time a baby's born. And, um, we're just sitting there and I kind of hear two play back to back and I'm like, 
that's weird. Maybe there was just two born at the same time or something. Because, I mean, this was literally 15 minutes after the nurse was like, okay, yeah, yeah we're going to move her to the OR. We just broke her water. Could be a minute. Yeah. Literally 20 minutes later, this woman comes out with bracelets with our baby's names on wow. it. And she's like, they're here. Yeah. And Man. then. 11.45 and 11.48. Three and minutes the, apart. Uh, I think the coolest part of the whole thing. They put us in a in a hospital room. And we're just waiting. And they're like, okay, we'll be back with them. They're like, wait, with our babies. They're going to walk through the store with our babies. Like, our babies, our babies, our babies. <laughs> and because till this moment, you just never know. Like, are, are they going to really be ours? Is she going to say no? Really gonna go Is she going to? Because she can still say no up to this point. Wow. And um, a lady comes and she literally uses her foot to kick open the door. And she's holding our babies. Yeah, wow. Just like two little footballs. With little wow. one little hat that had baby A written on it and one little <laughs> hat that had baby B written on it. Yeah. And I mean This is fifteen minutes after they were born. So the kids we we have we have held our children since they were fifteen minutes into the world. It, it wasn't like we adopted them weeks later, months later, years later. I mean, they've we've been there since the beginning. Um, Dude, I just got chills, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's literally the coolest. Like, I wish I had it on video because it's literally there's you're breathless, oh, yeah. breathless when they open the door and mm. you're just like. Oh, this is well, and I think I think so much of it too, right? I mean, you, you've heard the first part of the story, and you're yeah. like, "Well, how this has got to get better for these people, right?" Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> you can't keep doing this miscarriage thing. Like, what is going to happen? Right. And and I think for Bailey, like, and it was kind of cool because because I wanted Bailey to really soak this in, and I'm kind of yeah. she was in the front of the room, and I mean, it's just crazy, man, to see your wife like go through that and some of the things we didn't talk about earlier like me i you know i i saw bailey become a mother and not a mother not once but twice Mm -hmm. and and that was hard on her but it was hard on me too because i wanted that for her i wanted that for me i wanted it for us and then to watch it all just change like that it's like dude just by a lady walking through the door yeah i mean this lady walked through the door and um it's like yeah these are your kids what are you gonna name them and so we we named them right there and we did the whole hand, handprint and footprint thing, and they went to the birth mother's room for I think two hours. We got to do a lot of like the, um, oh, I guess you would call it medical type procedure uh-huh. stuff. So like they we did, did something with the eyes. They really knows all that. I, I didn't yeah, know they did that. basically everything they would do in front of the birth mother in our room um, because she was kind enough to let them. Basically, from the time they were born, she let us have them. Mm-hmm. Um, she just wanted him for a couple hours just to kind of say goodbye, which yeah, which was It'll, a whole nother yeah, and that's that's thing. part of the story too that like, and and hopefully my mom gets to listen to this, but yeah, my mom still to this day I don't think can wrap her head around. She always says I just don't know how you could give up these kids like, and and it's super hard, right? But um, and a lot of what Bailey talks about, but she knew that she couldn't provide for these kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, you need to be with them. And there's a lot of really unique things about being adoptive parents in a hospital. I mean, they treat you like royalty. I mean, I walked around that place and was like, they, there's Mr. Staley, Mrs. Staley. How are the twins? I mean, people yeah. helped us. They knew our birth they, mother too. And they knew, yeah. you know, kind of her situation. And it doesn't matter. Like I said, all the things that she kind of put us through yeah. for those few i think we were i think we were without the children being picked from Maybe being picked hours. to no i'm talking about being picked uh-huh. uh chosen to their birth was like 10 weeks 
maybe eight weeks. Yeah, it was super fast. Um, wow. Super fast. And from starting the adoption process to getting picked was like three weeks. Yeah. Like it wasn't oh normal. So no matter what we went through, no matter all the bartering and begging and pleading mm-hmm. we had to do, at the end of the day, this woman is giving up two children that she just yeah. carried for nine yeah. months. It was a weird, it was a weird spot to be in, to just be a part of it and, and to watch kind of the, I don't even know what to say, like changing of the guard or like. Literally the handing over of her children. It's just like, and, and man, it's, it, it was the saddest thing. We were like, hey, can we do anything? And She's like, yeah, can you just buy me some cheeseburgers and some Cokes? And it's we like, were like, I'm, we meant like, you do you want, want like an apartment? Yeah. like. <laughs> like and she she literally walked out of the hospital four hours. Four after hours giving after giving birth, birth. To twins. Naturally to twins. Wow. So we're, so we're you know, all the all the details of the story. Um, we had to stay due to the ICWA laws. We had to stay in Sioux City for two weeks. So Bailey and I are living with twi- newborn twins out of a hotel room in an extended stay, in an hotel. extended stay kind of place for two weeks, yeah. just kind of doing all the legal stuff. Yeah. In that time, I think my parents came up within 24 hours. They were there for a day or two. Super cool. Got to see us in the hospital. See us in the hospital. Yeah. We stayed in the hospital three days. Um, and then my sister came up, Bailey's parents came, my sister and her family came up. Um, my Bailey's parents, parents stayed like a week, stayed wow. like a week up there with us. Um, <laughs> Just like, and I always think about it sometimes. It was a pretty special time, right? Like you get two weeks to just be with your wife and your kids. You don't have visitors coming over. You don't have people coming. And man, we would just hold them and. um, Took them to restaurants. I mean, two days old. We were like, let's go eat. I mean, it's just, we didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Um, So it was cool. And and a big part of this, I think for me going through and you and I talked about it a little is just you walk around town with them and people smile because they're twins and then mm. they start to look at them and they're like, wait a minute. They like, notice they look different than they us. They look like that guy pushing you like, what's up? And then people like smile bigger because they know. Mm. And it's just been the coolest thing ever for Bailey and I to see the amount of love and support come back to us that we've given through the years in just a simple smile, like walking down the street or in the mall or at Target. Just the old people at the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, they're like, oh my God. And they just, they eat it up. But yeah, yeah, we've we've had them since 15 15 minutes. Uh, They were born and and we brought them home to Oklahoma City and it's uh, it's been game changing. You know, I, I think the other thing for me, and I was always kind of worried how we would be received and 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 even even from friends and family because I, I we didn't have any adoptive family members or mm-hmm. friends or I mean it's a completely new thing for yeah. Bailey and I yeah and man I couldn't be more humbled the way we've been treated from family and friends and they're our kids like they yeah. couldn't be more our kids and it's super cool for me to like go through that yeah. whole process and see. I mean, it's, they're not adopted. It's my son and my daughter and it's Bailey's son and her daughter. And that's just how they're, we're treated. I mean, it's no, funny. You don't, I don't even think about it. Yeah. Anymore. Like we don't even think about it. It and, really never crosses my mind. Yeah. And, and you know, even this morning, Bailey and I were talking about it and we given you a glimpse of just what it was like. And we just, we just think it's normal. Like mm-hmm. we don't think it's unique at all until we sit back and go, Oh man, like, yeah, this is a little bit special, but I mean, it has fundamentally changed me and the way I think about the world and now I have a daughter 
who doesn't look like me. Mm. She, she's not white. And it is the most powerful thing I've ever done is to yeah. look. I mean, I've always, especially being married to Bailey, I always had Bailey's back and whatever she was doing. And I got to see the world through her lens a little bit, but now I get to see the world through my daughter's lens. And mm. it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. And Bailey will tell you she's daddy's girl yeah. and she is, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't look at her and I don't think about her mom. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a super hard thing for me to talk about. Um, but it's super cool, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I often wonder, like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. You're homeless. You're 29. Yeah. You're in Sioux City, Iowa. You got nothing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know. I would love to sit down with her in 10 or 20 years or two years and just like, hey, how did... How did you get here? Like, where did you go wrong? Not even where did you go wrong. Like, how did who the, failed you? Like, who failed you? Mm-hmm. And that's why I look at my daughter, and and Bailey does the same thing too. Like, I'll give them everything. Like, yeah. Not 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 in that sense, but from a love I, and I, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yep. It's a powerful thing, man, to have a daughter, and and you know, there's all the research in the world out there. It's the most important relationship in that young lady's life is her relationship with her father yeah and i take his super serious yeah he does that's very sweet but we have a lot of fun like it's not all but he also loves our son yeah no i mean (laughs) but no you know what i mean though it's just you you look at it and i just can't help but but think like man yeah it's crazy i mean my you know our son is super special um it's just every, it's hard to think every... about the life they could have had. I think yeah. is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Like it's sure. just hard to picture like what it what life could have been like or even if they um our birth mother situation what really would have happened um to the twins is they would have ended up in the system. Yeah. Um because she had some issues and um DHS was already involved with all of her other children. And so uh, they would have ended up in the system. And so it just breaks your heart. You know, would they have been separated or what kind of life could they have had? And yeah, so, that, you, but you don't want to let yourself go down that road too far. Cause they don't have that life. Like they're yeah. with us. Like it's and okay. I think that's, but that's the yeah. thing. It that, breaks your heart for the kids that you can't do it for. Yeah, you know? Right. So then that's the other thing. Like fast forward to to how do you give back and and that's the thing right now it's like bailey and i have have given back to society and and hopefully and you and i talked about this like the compounding effect Mm -hmm. i I hope that just starts to snowball like crazy for them and and how they treat people and maybe they adopt one day and not that we're telling them they have to but um it's been crazy to just man can how do we keep this going forward like we're yeah. not in and and we we continue to think about that but and bailey talks about her other kids so even i think this was six nine months ago i come home from work and bailey's like hey the birth mother's pregnant again and they want to know <laughs> if we want this baby and i'm just like man i i can't go through this again like wow. what we went through the first just the relationship with the mother i mean yeah. obviously we want that child to have the best yeah and- so we've kicked it around and we've kicked it around and not even like we haven't talked about it kicked it around but i've kicked mm-hmm. it around i know bailey's kicked it around and i know we're both thinking about it but we'll cross that bridge when we get there but you know kind of getting to the next part of the story is you know, we, we knew we wanted to have our own kid one day. Yeah. Like we just, yeah. for some reason, I mean, it's just, hey, we just want to do this. 
So we thought, man, the twins are, let's start to try when they're like a year old or 18 months. And that way, you know, we, it just won't be a madhouse at our zoo. <laughs> at our zoo. At I mean, zoo. we do run a zoo. We have three <laughs> dogs at home. And we just need like an aquarium, which we should probably get. And one of the kids would love that. Um, hey, we should probably start trying again. I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay. So, man, 2018 comes and, and it's like, hey, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the kids are in a good place. Like work's in a good place. Man, I'd I'd love to let's let's start talking about this. Yeah. Just a normal day, man, and 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 I come home. I had forgotten my phone at work and the previous day was the day of the layoffs, which was terrible, and I was all worked up and um I come home and forgot my phone in the morning from the gym. Mm -hmm. And Bailey hands me this thing and she's like, here, you need to see this. And the twins are eating breakfast, watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something, you know, <laughs> eating, eating pancakes and eggs and all that good stuff. And she's pregnant. Yeah. So it's like, and everybody always tells you of so many stories. <laughs> yeah. of, adopt of, a kid or adopt, quit trying to have a kid. Yeah. And, you'll get yeah. Pregnant. and then you'll get pregnant. And it happened to us. So yeah, Bailey's week 14 going, going on, on 15. 15. Okay. And we've started to tell people. So it's super cool to just yeah, bla man. blast that all over America. Yeah. So it's awesome. I mean, she's she's had a rough first trimester, I guess, to put it lightly. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so happy. I mean, everything that we went through with the first two not working out and then we got the twins and um and bailey says and we were coming home from one of her uh, recent doctor's appointments and she just looked over and was like you know if those first two would have turned out differently we wouldn't have been in Nora. Yep. and like you you see how i feel about my kids it's like <laughs> I could can't not, imagine with you that. could not yeah. have him like, we're going to go home and just hang out with him. It's like, all I want to do, like yeah. we wouldn't have him. And now like, it was just meant to be. And, you know, I think the one thing that has, has truly, I don't know if you want to say inspired or motivated or encouraged me is, is in the process. Um, I've never heard Bailey say why, mm -hmm. like why me? Yeah never said it and i i, I yeah. think that's i really try not to ask that yeah and, and that's that's there's what a lot I'm, worse thing you know there's and bailey and i always talk yeah. at our house like if this is as bad as it gets we'll it's be a pretty fine. good day we'll be fine we, we yeah. know how lucky we are we know how blessed we are but through this whole process like bailey's faith i'm not like super religious i'm more spiritual bailey's yeah. um has a lot more faith than i do and i don't mean that negatively at all right, we're right. just different people yeah. in that regards but it has been so motivating and encouraging to watch her go through this and never ask why me and always mm. know that she there was a bigger purpose and then we found out what this purpose was and she's like hey i wouldn't have had the twins if the first two miscarriages and now this and it's just you see all these things starting to come together and it's like it's way bigger than bailey and i and i'm just yeah. so happy for her that she gets to to do that and to see it and i'm just a little part of it so it's been it's been super cool for me to watch her grow in that regards because from the outside i think a lot of people think like i'm this super tough like guy that can do anything and while that's true like in a physical but but where i'm going with that is like in a physical stance like bailey could tell you like i could run home from here no problem mm -hmm. like it's not a big deal um and i'm not as fit as i used to, but but what i mean from that is like i can do a lot of stuff physically that's mm. demanding and challenging but what she's been through and what we've been through mentally mm. she hasn't wavered 
And like, it about broke me. It's like, man, I don't know if we want to go through this and like have this happen again. But she just knew that there was a bigger plan. And I, and and I just stopped trying to, Hey, how can I fix it? And it's like, man, let's just do this. And it's super cool for me to watch her go through that. Man, that's a, man, that's admirable that you never had that. Why me mentality? Because it's almost like a look at me and feel sorry for me and, it's like, man, you know what? It's happened. I'm moving on. It's history and you're yeah. learning from it. It's, I think I'm more so, honestly, did it as self-preservation. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to go down that dark road of right. why. Yeah. You know, because I feel like that just leads to, Yeah. you know, if you question, if you question the things that you believe in, it's, it's a long, dark road. Yeah. So I think just being positive through the whole thing and yeah. just knowing, like, God would not put this want for children on my heart if right. he wasn't going to fulfill it. Right. And so I just always knew like, it's going to happen one way or another. I mean, mm. and, uh, it did yeah. times three. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so awesome. So man. three, uh, three under wow. three at the Staley's. Yeah. Um, I'm o- taking nanny o- application. October, <laughs> October of 18. Um, wow. Yeah. So we're super pumped. It's been a journey to say the least, but, um, Bailey and I are beyond passionate about telling our story to anybody and everybody that'll mm-hmm. listen, because I think there's a lot of people out there that struggle with it. The whole pregnancy process in general, I've had more people come up to me in the past year about miscarriages from men than I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't even know what to do with. Yeah. And, and people are like, Oh yeah, we, we had that. And like I'm just the one that's openly talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I had to ask Bailey's permission like a couple of times. And we've just found out that part of the healing process, right, is Bailey and I sitting here today and talking to you. Yeah. And yeah I loved, I mean, I don't, it's not like I, my favorite subject is talking about miscarriage, but I mean, it's therapeutic for me. And I yeah. feel like I can truly help people by yeah. like being like, I've been there. It sucks. And people try to tell you it's okay. Or at least you have another kid or at least... You know, da, 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 da. there's always, right. well, it could have been this or it could have been that. And it's like, you just want to tell those people like, no, it doesn't. None of that makes me feel better. Right. Nothing you can say makes me feel better. Yeah. Except for I'm here for you. I know it's got to suck, but. Yeah. And I, and I find like for the the men that talk to me about it, it all I tell them is it's like, man, if you just, if you want to talk, like, let me know. Because mm. I never had that outlet. Yeah. To just say, yeah. hey. I need to talk to somebody like here's what I'm going through. But I think too, and Bailey talked about like our communication, it's opened up. Now I'm more willing to talk about anything and everything because I know how to do it. I didn't know how, like when I said I didn't know how to support Bailey, I didn't, but now I know just a little bit more. So how do I build on that? And how do I give other people tools to, and it's not miscarriage. It's not, it's, it's anything, right? I mean, um, we all have struggles in our lives, whatever that may be. And, um, you can't go it alone. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's so true. So you went, both of you guys obviously experienced together because you're married. You you had two miscarriages to adopting twins, now expecting your, your third, right? And that's really amazing. Now, I, uh, talking about your, your family, your twins and your friends on Instagram and the pictures that you guys take, it's like natural it's you can't even tell you don't yeah. even know yeah. that yeah. you've adopted them right yeah. and the comments right. you get from your family members and friends on sure. instagram yeah it's like 
oh, you adopt these questions? Yeah. It, those questions weren't even asked. Right. It was just yeah. natural. Like, yeah. hey, mom, hey, dad, blah, blah. You know yeah. what and I mean? that, And yeah. that's what's yeah. been really fun for me is that, and not that I didn't, but it's like inspired my faith in humanity again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was sitting next to a guy. I mean, and this happens every day. Like, you guys wouldn't even believe. Like, I'm sitting next to a guy in the green room at work, uh, and we're having like a culture and diversity um, meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell him, and they had this thing up on the wall, like, hey, what makes you unique? And what different perspective do you bring to the, the table? And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't really have much other than I adopted twins who are Native American, and so I have that. And and he's like, you know, my, my sister did the same thing and adopted two um, African American, um, or maybe just one, I think. And he's like, you know, it brings a whole new meaning to the word family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that is so true. Like, yep. mm-hmm. there's just these things that the adoptive parents get to experience that biological parents don't. And Bailey and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for me, yeah, it's cool you say, like, it's just been encouraging with all that's going on in the world to see so many people rally behind two mm-hmm. kids that these people have no reason to rally behind other yeah. than there are kids. Yeah. And for me, it's just like, it's so encouraging. Um, there's a lot of great things going on. There's a lot of good people out there. And I think sometimes we get discouraged by the news and, and social media and, yeah. and, and people try to sway your opinions. But yeah. for me, it's been helpful to just, I mean, there's a ton of good people out there. Yeah. I uh, remember well, a couple months ago when I got married, Margaret and I were at the airport go flying out to Denver and you had your twins. Yeah. You guys were going to Disney World. Yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. Disney. Yeah. And of course, I've never seen Bailey and you had the twins. So I was like, oh, well, cool. I never knew he had twins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I left it at. Yeah. And then when I met you a few months after that, you told me, I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't think anything about you yeah. adopting right. these yeah. twins. Right. Yeah. So I was like, just. Yeah. And, and maybe that's some of what I've learned too is that. Maybe I shouldn't put such an expectation that there was going to be an expectation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People really don't care. No. Like, yeah. And that's what's been awesome for, for us, too, is that um, you just see how much much love, you know, Bailey's friend and, and his partner. Dude, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys love your daughter. Like, yeah. it's the greatest thing in the world, man, to see those those two dads uh, hang out with their daughter. I get mm-hmm. the biggest kick out of it. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. Um, so it's just changed the way I view the world, really, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Last question for you guys. As a couple, married couple, with twins, with one coming on the way, how do you want to, to be remembered as that married couple? Oh, like when they're old? No, just like... Like how, right now? Yeah. How do you want to be remembered when you leave this world? Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, you want to go first? As a, oh, yeah. as a couple. As a couple. Um, I That's think it would be a great question. Yeah, I think uh, I think it would be nice to be remembered as a team and somebody that like we're total yin and yang. And mm-hmm. I feel like there can't be a Bailey without a Craig. And I I hope that when people think of me, they think of Craig and what mm-hmm. how I'm better because of him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I think about this a little bit and I've thought about it a lot over the last year and, and, and Bailey and I have even talked about it. And I think what she opened with is what I have to close with around compassion and love. Mm-hmm. 
because at the end of the day, man, that that's that's the only legacy. That's really the only have. thing you have, right? Like yeah. I, you think back to to special people you've had in your life, and um, that's all it is. It's yeah. like, man, hey, look at. But I think too, part of the adoption thing that's cool is like, man, look at mom and dad, and they loved like nobody else. Yeah. Like in a capacity yeah. and redefined family, redefined love and, and um, parenthood and motherhood and fatherhood and mm-hmm. uh, sisterhood, brotherhood, all that. But at the end of the day, I, I think they look back and say, hey, they they loved big. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. How do people get in touch with you, Craig? Yeah. So you can find me pretty well anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, What's your Twitter? I think it's uh, C.W. Staley. I consume on Twitter. I don't create, but I probably need to create a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm super easy to find LinkedIn, all that stuff. Like just Google Craig Staley. I think you can find me pretty easily. You can email me at, at um, my work email, all that crazy stuff. What's your work email? Yeah, uh, craig.staley at chk.com, or you can gmail me at cwstaley, S-T-A-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. Um, love to talk to anybody out there. And what's your Instagram? Uh, at cwstaley. Real right. creative. Okay. It's all cwstaley. Like That's it, all you man. need to know. Yeah, I like it's, it. It's, yeah. That's all you need to know. How about you, Bailey? How do we get in touch with you for your personal stuff and then also for your business? Oh, yeah. I got to get that plug in. Um personal instagram's kind of the only avenue i really i guess post on um if you want to see cute pictures of children um it's at bay underscore stay and you can uh, check out the beauty counter products at beautycounter.com forward slash bailey staley and it's b-a-y-l-e-y s-t-a-l-e-y very good well thank you so much for your time guys. thank man, you man, dude i love it man thanks for listening to our <laughs> yes. crazy story uh, and really like we said when we came in man we just if there's if there's one person that takes away something good from this it's it's time well spent from us and yeah. thanks for the uh platform and opportunity yeah. for clearly we we love talking yeah. about our story and talking about ourselves so yeah. uh reach out to craig if you want to grab coffee and talk about adoption we'd, we'd love to uh yeah. to help guide you down that direction to thank you man very much it's a phenomenal story i appreciate it man for sure thank you all right see you i truly hope you enjoyed this podcast if you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share please reach out to me i would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast here's how to find me visit my website www.definingmomentspod.com Follow me on Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.